hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. Online about technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 53. Thanks for downloading. You're listening to Trevor Long from Your Tech Life and, as always, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. Hello, Trevor. How are you? Very good, mate. Very, very good. Lots to talk about this week because, and by God, if you don't like mobile phones, <clears throat> just ignore the first couple of minutes here um, because Mobile World Conference is the big thing this week. So we'll bring you all the action from that and everything else in technology. Thanks to the good people at Trend, Micro and Netgear. Proud sponsors of Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 53. <laughs> But before we talk Mobile World Congress, we can't overlook the fact that this morning invitations were sent to an Apple event. Now, um, as always, uh, not not a hundred percent clear what it is, but um, it's it's very obvious in the invitation that we're talking about an iPad here. Uh, and secondly, the two key words that are interesting and and in this invite are see and touch, because there's a lot you can do to read into that, isn't there, mate? Absolutely, yeah. I quite enjoyed your total analysis of that invitation when it came through, by the way. You, <laughs> there was speculation about there, is there going to be a home button? And obviously the resolution of the screen was studied. I think one website blew up the invitation to see if it pixelized the same way as the iPad 2. Yeah. And amazing how rumors are already springing up. And, uh, <laughs> well, it was just we'll, funny. We'll, we'll be waiting with, uh, with bated breath until next week to find out exactly what it is. But it's all, by all, we're expecting iPad 3, if it's even called the iPad 3, yep. high-res screen, possibly 4G, mm-hmm. hopefully 4G, possibly Siri, voice control. Uh, so, yeah, these, uh, we'll be waiting. Only Apple knows at this point for sure. And I think, we, we know, we, we speculated uh, last week or the week before on all those things. I think what's clear now is it's clearly an iPad. March the 7th is, is, is the date of the uh, announcements, um, the day after here, if, if you like, obviously. Um, but I do think it's obvious that it's going to have the Retina display. That's, that's pretty clear now from the invitation, I think. But what's interesting is the see and touch. And, and again, it's over-analyzing. Yes, I know. But see could mean two things. Firstly, it could mean see this great screen. Secondly, it could mean yes. see this Apple TV. <laughs> So just well, well, you know, that's that's going into another level. It's, it's a it? massive out there. But well, the other thing is the touch. Yeah. Obviously, you know, obviously touch and feel a you know a new device. But also, could it mean there's no home button there and they're running with the the playbook style, um, you know, gesture control from from the bevel? There, there are patents out there for Apple. So it would be nice if they surprised us, to be honest, with something different. But um, unlikely, I think. Yeah, I can't see them getting rid of the home button personally. Me Uh, neither. I think the TV, they haven't mentioned Apple TV, but an update to the actual little Apple TV that connects to your existing television, not their own television. Mm. Uh, I I think that if they were going to go to the trouble of announcing a product as significant as a TV uh, made by Apple, it would be its own event. I think so too. I don't think they'd lump that in with an iPad 
well, what we assume is going to be a, the iPad launch. And the, and the other thing is with the home button, I'm 100% with you. The home button is here to stay. A couple of reasons. It is the most obvious and easy thing. Every child from, you know, 12 months old knows how to use it. And every every person up to 90 plus knows how to use it. You press that button, it takes you back. To, to change that in, in, in people, in user interface, is a really big deal. And frankly, I've played with the multi-touch gestures. It, it's fine, but especially with kids, when kids have got the multi-touch gestures and you use four fingers on the screen to, you know, they're like playing Fruit Ninja, it accidentally switches between apps or brings up the taskbar. Yes, you know, it does. It's, it's no good when, when you're doing active things. Absolutely. I think the home button, what, what I look, the home button for me is obviously gets back to the main screen, but right. I, it also helps you tell which way is the right way up. When you pick up the device, and I had this problem, if you read my Motorola Zoom 2 review that's mm. on Tech Guide, one of the problems I had was there were the name Motorola, you could hardly read the name, you could hardly see the camera, so you never knew which way was up and which way the unlock mm. key was. The home button is kind of like the north, the northern star. We we know exactly what way we're heading, uh, and it, it's. Uh, I don't think that replacing it with a gesture control, because I know with the playbook, every time you use that gesture control, there's another uh, there's another key or another another touch on the screen that's required to shut the application down. So mm. it just adds a, a gesture and an added touch. The home yeah. button is clean, one hit, and you're back home. It's there to stay iPad Generation 3, we'll call it for now, will be announced next week. Uh, and I think the two blokes are agreed. The home button's here to stay, and the rest of it, pure speculation. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, it's a very big week for smartphones. This is the annual event is uh, being held right now in Barcelona. Uh, the Mobile World Congress is the world's largest mobile phone trade show. So all the smartphone manufacturers, all the content developers, all the operators mm. are all there in one place in Barcelona. A lovely city. I've, I've been to this show. It's quite nice. Didn't get there this year. Uh, but uh, the, the news has been steady coming uh, out of the show. Now, we've got a few uh, companies we're going to talk about here. So let's get yeah. started. The first announcement, I think, uh, that, that we're going to talk about is from Nokia. Now, we've, we mentioned Nokia a lot in the last few weeks to get their Lumias in store already. Uh, I'm hoping to get a review unit in my hand in the next day or so. But the announcement they made in Barcelona was quite a surprising one. They mm. announced a product called the 808 PureView. Now, from a first appearance, it looks like a normal smartphone, but with a major difference. Uh, in fact, the big difference is the camera and the strength of the camera, 41 right. megapixels. It's funny because when, when it appeared on the on the presentation, it's, you know, this, this it's like a, a 4.1 MP, and you think, should that be 4.1? Uh, you know, it looks exactly like a mistake. <laughs> it's like, what are you talking about? But the worst part about this is it's a Symbian phone. I don't believe it. It's I like, don't believe it. You've come out with, <laughs> with, with a Carl Zeiss Optics 41 megapixel, <laughs> the best thing in, in mobile camera technology in history, and you're putting it on Symbian. Are you kidding me? What are yeah, they doing? It's like having a Ferrari with no tyres on it. It's uh, I don't know what they're doing, but... They've got the Carl Zeiss lens, as you mentioned, but they've got a proprietary technology that helps boost the size of this image. Now, they've got a sensor in there that's a 41-megapixel sensor, but they've got this technology called pixel oversampling technology. So Mm. what I think that's going to do is help add pixels to add to the resolution of the picture. So, uh, But but the good news is that that huge image is not going to – you're not going to be – 
emailing a 20 meg image it's going to actually shrink it down and and be small enough to easily share on your social networks and uh, on email but moving right along yep LG uh, also had some major announcements. That one of their announcements, and Huawei was another company there as well. You've nailed that. Uh, Jeez. It, what about you? You've nailed it. Huawei. Well, I've never been able to get that right. That's how you say it. That's know, how you say it. I just always get it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well... I'll say it again, Huawei yeah. and LG are the fir- were the first two uh, at Mobile World Congress to announce quad-core smartphones. So mm. we've got dual-core, now we're moving to quad-core, so faster, as fast as your PC smartphones is how they're, uh, how they're marketing it. But w- on LG's side, they announced another product which looked quite strange to me. Now, big screens are in, as you know, Trevor. Yep. They've got a device, the Optimus View, VU, that's got a five-inch screen, but it's got a four-by-three aspect ratio. So, in other words, it's not a wide screen. It's actually more a square screen, like your old TV. It, it looks like a CD case with a screen on it, this device. <laughs> what do you think of that? I think it is possibly the ugliest device in history, but, you know, it's just so plain-looking. Do you know what I mean? And that, I think that's... I mean, look, people do, unfortunately, buy on looks. Let's not kid ourselves. But, but it's an odd shake, though. Imagine fitting that in your pocket. It's just weird, isn't it? It will fit in your pocket. What, what research are these companies doing to determine? I mean, what, are they talking to people that have never had a phone when they well, do research th- about these things? I think what's happened there is that LG have spied the Samsung Galaxy Note. Note, yes. And they're thinking, look, we need a five-inch device and they thought, let's do it this way. And uh, I've run a picture of, of it on Tech Guide. It's 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 quite an odd looking device. It's it's more square than long as mm. a normal mobile would be. But um, interesting to see how that goes. It'll probably uh, be an acquire. I don't think that's going to be their top of the line hero no. product, but it may be a niche product that may take off. But let's move right along. HTC. HTC, yes. Now we know HTC are not shy about releasing smartphones. They do. They they put out a phone a month, let's say. But at Mobile World Congress, they've they've introduced a new line of phones that they've called the One. So it's HTC One X. I think they've got a One S, One V. So there's different skews of the same type of product, and mm. it, they've they've got various size screens, very thin phones, less than eight millimeters. So one's got a four point three inch screen, one point five gigahertz processors but uh, and they're all running android android 4.0 you know they're nice but it, it it does get you this whole thing of making complication for the for the consumer but you got to remember most of the time these kind of devices don't land all in the one place so yeah. not only will they probably not all come to australia but they certainly won't all be in a telstra store or a vodafone store so it's not as confusing as it seems at a, at a you know launch level but um, because normally what they do is they put the odd feature here and there so that you know vendors or, or telcos can choose which one they want to sell to their customers and, and they negotiate around it. So that's, that's what it's right. all about. That's a yeah. very good point you've raised, actually, because HTC and all these phone companies, their customers are actually not us. They're, no. they're, they're the operators. So they really have to do the deals with the operators, find the right SKUs for their, for their markets, and I think HTC are offering quite a wide portfolio. But uh, mm. moving on to Samsung. Now, yep. Samsung... Uh, we we know I, I understand that the Galaxy Note, which we've just mentioned, the five-inch device, is going to be released in Australia in mid-March. Sure, uh, is my information. But at in Barcelona, Samsung also released a ten-point-one-inch Galaxy Note. So it's mm. like the Galaxy Tab ten-point-one that comes with a stylus that you can write on. So they're taking it uh, in that direction. Mm, it's not bad. I mean, the the thing about the Note 
if you've played with one is they, they, there's something about the screen, there's something about the way it interacts with, with the stylus or whatever you're using that does make it a bit better for actually jotting notes. So a bigger version of that really does appeal to me, I have to be honest. I agree. I think the precision that like, I think the five-inch device, and I've seen it. I saw it at CES in the US. It was it was excellent. I'm sure you had a look at it too. The the ten-inch device though would offer a lot, obviously a lot more screen real estate. So for those people who really need to, I know they're sketch artists or they're they're, they're designers. So this will give them that opportunity to sort of draw on a much larger scale. So. Galaxy Tab, uh, the 10.1 Note, will be very interested. Uh, the blokes will be very interested to check that out when it's released. That is Just used, before we move right. off Samsung, another mm. product that they introduced was a product called the Samsung Beam. Now, it gets the name Beam because it's got a mini projector built into the device. <laughs> I mean, could you just, just, I mean, what is going on? Are they just trying to, this again goes to the whole, let's just put a feature in but so I that we're the first that. to use I think it. That's handy. Really? Really? Well, would you imagine, right, imagine the scenario, okay? You've walked in with your Samsung Beam. You've got these great pictures you've just taken or a movie you've just shot. Rather than everyone crowding around your little four-inch screen, you can just whip it out and whack it on the wall and say, here, <laughs> check it out, 50-inch projection, whatever it can project. Listen. That'd be, it's pretty impressive. And the phone isn't too bulky. I, I saw the pictures. It's actually not, not much bigger than their existing smartphones. Let's not kid ourselves, okay? I've been to the techguide.com.au <laughs> headquarters in the theatre there. You're not going to... <laughs> The quality is not going to be like that, you know. Oh, and secondly, I, I mean secondly, people aren't actually, to be honest, they're not shooting and sharing as much as these companies would like them to. You know, we're yeah. a long way off shoot and share as a really <laughs> everyday thing on the, on the phone. So I, I, I can't, I just can't remember a time when I would have gone, oh, wouldn't it have been better if I could project this on a screen? Just no. So it, it's a way off okay. for me, but, uh, but I'm happy to have a look at it, but I think it's All a way right. off. Before we move off Samsung... Now, we were expecting, and I haven't heard anything about this, mm. I was expecting to see the Samsung Galaxy S3. Well, yes, that's a good There's point. There's been rumours, but I haven't actually seen the actual announcement. You know, I think smart move. Here's why. There's too many bloody... You try and you try and find a phone announcement that doesn't link to another six phone announcements on the internet right now. So what you do is, if, if I'm Samsung, I wait. I wait until either, you know, before the next iPhone or after. You know, find a point, a sweet spot in the, in the, in the calendar that says, we're going to be the phone that's announced this week. Mate, we're, we're here talking. We don't, we're not giving any of these phones the, the, the due they deserve in terms of the, their, their features, their styling or anything like that. So why not wait? Yeah. And, and give it give it its own space in the market. I think that's what they'll do. I think it'll be later a in the year. Very fair point. Very good advice. If Samsung are listening, you listen to my co-bloke over here. Very good advice. Sony. Lastly, Mobile World Congress. Sony. Not Sony Ericsson. Mm-hmm. Sony Mobile. They've dropped Ericsson. Uh, I had a chat with their Australian MD, John Featherston, uh, the other day. We had a good chat about the year ahead, the competitive Android market. Uh, but his answer, I asked him, I said, mate, what would make you people walk in and buy your product over others? And he had a very good answer. He said, well, it's all about their ecosystem. Now, Sony's a very big company there. So not only do you get the connectivity between products, but you also get the content as well. Sony mm-hmm. produced a lot, of, a lot of content, the music, the movies. So the whole ecosystem, Sony's going to really get behind all parts of the company, going to really get behind Sony Mobile. They announced a, a few products, the Xperia P and the Xperia U. Uh, and these are very Android devices running 4.0 with uh, with a, a 
technology called white magic. Now, what white magic is, it's a screen technology that adds a white pixel to the screen. So what that does, it helps with the screen brightness without using up too much power. Very clever. They've added the white pixel to the red, green, and blue. They're so pure genius. So it'll be quite bright. I mean, Sharp have done the what yellow on the TV. I mean, fair income. Just come up with a pixel count, will you? But here's what I love. I've got to tell you, Sony Mobile Xperia P is one of the sexiest phones I've seen. It's very nice. I really like it. I mean, it's a sort of phone that really will get people going, what's that? You know, HTC, to their credit, release a lot of good phones, but they are pretty much all much-a-muchness. Um, but this Xperia U, uh, P is is really nice, like a nice look. Uh, I, I'm really impressed with it. It's a kind of phone I would be very happy to carry around. So Absolutely. You know, one thing I like about it too, and now we, we, we mentioned screen sizes before and screens are getting larger and, and quite bulky. Like the, the Velocity, uh, HTC Velocity was quite a big phone, wasn't it? Four and a half oh, inch yeah. screen was a big yeah. phone. Now, Sony Ericsson, um, so, sorry, I've made a mistake. Sony Mobile, God, yeah, wash exactly. my mouth out. Sony Mobile have, they've got what they call the human curvature on their devices. You know, yes, it's got the yes. curved back. Yes. So it, it creates a bit of an illusion, though. Even though it's got a large screen, it doesn't feel as bulky in your hand. No, have you noticed that's right. that? Oh, I, I, that's what they've nailed. Sony doing the yes. best job behind Apple in terms of design, and they're doing a better job than, job than Apple on actual feel in the hand. Absolutely. Anyway, that is uh, that is a big wrap of Mobile World Con- Con- Congress or whatever it was bloody well called. It's a stupid <laughs> big name. Anyway, the Mobile uh, conf- Conference. Um, and you can find out all about all those different products at techguide.com.au. And thank you to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au, for their support, our ongoing support of Two Blokes Talking Tech. They provide you with anything networking, anything connectivity. And if you've got multiple devices in your home, and take a look, good look around, you do. I mean, I've got 20 or 30, but let's let's be clear, the average home is something like six devices now. And so think about, you know, your computer, your TV, maybe a tablet, and a couple of smartphones, maybe one or two for the kids as well. You really are starting to connect a lot of devices, and you want to make sure they're connected well, and they're connected securely through your network, and also fast. So the content you're doing is done right. Um, dual band technology, allowing you to have video streaming um, uh, nice and smooth from your, from perhaps your home storage to your TV without all those other devices you know, on Twitter and Facebook interrupting it. So if you need anything networking, networking, internet in your home, netgear.com.au. They're the people to go to, netgear.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Now, mate, I'm going to fall on my sword here a little bit. We talked about the Vita <laughs> last week, and I pretty heavily... I didn't heavily bag it, but I just suggested maybe it doesn't have a life. A day, I reckon a day, or maybe it might have been the day of the launch last Thursday, I got an email, and it said, F1 2011 coming to PlayStation Vita. And I went, what? Really? That's my favourite game in the whole history of the entire world. I'm, I love that game more than you love Star Wars, right? Wow, now, that's a big statement. That's massive. That's a massive statement. <laughs> and and I just went, hang on a minute. So I immediately, because uh, the Vita was in my hot little hand, I went to the PlayStation Store. I I updated my, my details. I added $60 to my PlayStation Network wallet, and I bought it right there and then. And I've got to tell you, I've played it every day since. Not at... Not ridiculously, but just in the evening, you know, five minutes, ten minutes here. I've I played... heard you were late for meetings and everything because you were playing it too much. <laughs> no, no, I had other <laughs> meetings delaying me. 
<laughs> but no, no. You know what? I'm impressed. It proves to wow. me why we have the Vita. We have the Vita because some games need the analog, the joystick control. Some games need more than just a screen. They need buttons. And you know what? This thing nails it. So I have, I've played a few other games where you've, mm-hmm. uh, you've used the back touchpad and all those kind of gimmicks. But yep. this thing proved to me that this really has taken the console environment into the hand and made it usable because the graphics are great, the usability is great, the gameplay is as as good as it is on on the PlayStation Three. Absolutely. Very impressed. I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of the Vita. I, I'm, I've been playing Uncharted, which I think without those dual analog sticks would have been very difficult to play. Yeah. Uh, I've played the golf games. I've I've played uh, Wipeout. I'm really looking forward to like you know how you like Formula One. Obviously, hmm. I'm a big Call of Duty fan. So yeah. once Call of Duty hits this thing, I think a lot of people that that'll be enough excuse for people to go out and buy just on the strength of having Call of Duty on the Vita. Uh, they announced earlier this week that they've already sold 1.2 million units. That's that's since December when it went on sale uh, in Asia, uh, Japan and Korea mm. and now it, it went on sale in Australia, across Europe and the US just uh, less than a week ago. So pretty impressive figures for week one of the Vita. And uh, I just uh, if, you, if you love your racing games I highly recommend F1 2011 on the Vita and uh, we'll hear more about Call It'll be two blokes talking Call of Duty basically when that comes out. Now, we mentioned the iPad 3 earlier, and one of the things that we did speculate uh, about the upcoming Apple device was its uh, possibility of having 4G. Now, Samsung have got beaten Apple to the punch and released Australia's first 4G tablet this week, the Galaxy Tab 8.9, Australia's first 4G tablet. Uh, available, of course, through Telstra. It's the only 4G network we have at this point. Mm. Uh, yeah, so 8.9 inch, uh, and obviously in between the 7.7 <laughs> and the 10.1. So, like, well, it's H- the Goldilocks approach. I think it's going to be, be one that's going to be just right for everybody. HT, uh, Samsung's doing what HTC do to phones. They're just going, <laughs> listen, scattergun approach. Let's build one of every size, of every shape, and every technology. Look, I don't think the iPad will have 4G. I just don't think the technology is widely spread enough in the US, let alone here in Australia. I think yep. the 4G technologies are different anyway. I just don't think it'll happen, but I think it's good that people that really do do use the 4G and are in those 4G areas have a tablet option. Um, look, I, I just I think it's just a scattergun approach from Samsung. But yeah, true. Yeah, well, good luck yeah, to them. The, I think this is the only 4G tablet. So no matter what size it is, if someone walks into a Tilt store and says, "I want a 4G tablet," they've got the Galaxy Tab. 8.9. It's they've the got one the option. 10.1. They've also got the 7.7. You want the smaller screen, but this is the only 4G so far, but please ask me about the price, Trevor. Listen, ask I, I don't want to. I don't, I, I don't want to know. Okay, what's the price? It's stupid. <laughs> That's, let's just, no, no, stop, stop. Let's just leave it there. That's, it's stupid. We don't need to tell people what the price iPad. is. Why would you buy one? I don't know. Anyway, Hello, cooey. That, I mean, that's for the 16 gigabyte version. The 32 gig version is 840. <laughs> now, I don't They've know. Lost I, think, their I think the approach. Now, this is I, this is my theory. I think Samsung they build great devices, no doubt about it. The tablets are high quality, yeah, yeah. but I think they're selling them to the operators so they sell them to customers on a contract. I don't think. This people are buying sort of them. Device. Yeah. People are going to buy outright. They're going to want to pay this thing off. Maybe use it instead of their laptop because it's got the 4G connectivity. Yeah. I don't know. Is 4G worth that extra money to, to pay for a tablet? I don't know. I don't think so. But 
who am I to say that? I think the question was simple. Is 4G worth the extra money? The answer, no. Two Blokes Talking Tech is proudly brought to you also by Trend Micro. Now, it's appropriate that we've been talking a lot about smartphones uh, in this edition of Two Blokes Talking Tech, that we talk about mobile security. And personal edition for Android is one of Trend Micro's products because let's face it, the smartphone is the new frontier for cyber criminals. We're doing so much on these devices. Uh, we're doing our banking. We're doing emailing. So it's become the next target. That's why Trend Micro has responded with this new mobile security personal edition for your Android smartphone. So now you can surf, call, and text securely. So it'll keep you and your kids safe online. You can avoid unwanted contact. You can block numbers and filter out annoying calls as well. There's an, there's an app scanner too that, that checks each new app against Trend Micro's up-to-date database. So it'll block any malware from infecting your phone. So mobile edition... Mobile Security Personal Edition for Android is available now at Harvey Norman, Dick Smith, Officeworks, JB Hi-Fi, Leading Edge Computers, and all other authorized resellers. Trend Micro, when you're online in any place on any device, they've got you protected. And if you want any more information, visit trendmicro.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. We have five minutes left. We'll just quickly touch on a few uh, few simple and interesting things. My Telstra this week finally announced their NBN prices, and they've copped massive flack over it. I mean, it is a case, I've got to be honest, and, and you know, you and I reported on it as well. That they've announced it, and, you know, it's kind of 50 bucks, and then you've got to pay extra for your line rental because you're keeping your copper line. That's what everyone focused on, I think. And so let's yes. address that issue first. Absolutely. They've announced I think we'll- that, yeah, go on. Telstra were, were, I think, you know, brave of them to get, come out first with these prices. Good on them. And and I think what 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 was the first thing people did was compare them to the existing prices of existing plans. And in some cases, they didn't quite stack up. I think were people surprised that 25 megabits per second for the entry level pricing was actually slower on paper than some of their existing yeah, products. Now, yeah. I actually, I had a chat to uh, our good friend Craig Middleton at Telstra about this today. Mm. And he said, well, you've got to remember, 30 megabits per second, uh, I wrote in a blog that said, you know, it's surprising that it's slower than their existing plan. He goes, well, you've got to remember, 30 megabits per second is best possible case scenario. Mm. And in normal cases, it's probably way less than that. With the uh, optic fiber, with the NBN coming over fiber, 25 megabits per second means 25 megabits per second. So, yeah. He's he he did make that point. Yeah, no, and I think it's a valid point. the 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 question, I guess, um, that that people have got is why do they then have to pay line rent? So the idea of the NBN is it replaces everything. Well, let's let's be clear: the NBN isn't finished. And when the NBN is finished, and it won't all, be finished for some time. Exactly, the, all the copper will disappear. Your phone line will come through through the NBN, and it's only then that they can really make that change to to the full suite of services through the NBN. So, and and to be honest, most people who who are going to switch to the NBN early won't want the copper line still. They won't want the phone still. They're probably running VoIP and they're probably running mobiles more than anything else. So, But, but Telstra's bundles, I think uh, they pointed out, the bundles all come with voice services. They don't, they, they don't sell naked plans. Yeah, that's true. The, 
all have voice bundled in. But um, I, I did. I, I listed. I wrote in my blog sort of the pricing for the different plans, and uh, also uh, quoted Kate McKenzie, who kind of came to the defence of the Telstra plan, saying that they, they do want to offer they do want to offer customers value. Can that comparison site Whistle Out also came out in support of Telstra, saying that the the prices are actually uh, on the same page as existing prices, so they're not not too different to what we've already got. Yep. But I found one little interesting thing that I didn't realize this before. I was reading in the Telstra Q&A guide about NBN and with voice services delivered over fiber optics, there was an interesting little thing that said that if in the event of a power failure, the voice service won't work. That's right. Did you know that? Yeah, it's, it's... you know, it's a really big failing of it because the because yeah. copper wire is you know communication without electricity. The the unfortunate thing about the optic fiber is if the if there's no power, there's n- there's no no optics going anywhere. So yeah. and, and their uh, basic response was, well, just use your mobile. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly what they said. Yeah, instead of relying on another service such as a mobile phone. Yeah, or or well, no, they did say another service such as. So let's not yeah. kid ourselves. You could get a tin can and strings. <laughs> Well, for forty-seven billion, mate, you'd expect better, wouldn't you? Well, for forty-seven billion, they could get us all tin cans and strings, but there'd be a bloody lot of string everywhere. There'd be, be gold-plated tin cans too, I think. <laughs> Two blokes talking tech. You can read more about the Telstra MBN prices at techguide.com.au. Okay, a super quick wrap-up of an app that I discovered called Go Places app. It's actually an app for Optus smartphone users, whether yep. you're on an iPhone, Android, on a Nokia Symbian device, a BlackBerry. And basically what it is, it's, it's a restaurant guide. So it, it, it allows you to find restaurants close to you that are participants in this program. Now, mm-hmm. for the, the app is free to download, but you can pay thirty nine ninety five a year to then be able to get the discount vouchers for those various restaurants. So, for example, you go to a restaurant, present them with the app, show them the voucher on the app, you get 20% discount as long as it doesn't exceed $25. So yep. if you're a foodie, you like eating out, you can make that 40 bucks back in two restaurant visits. So not only does it have the list of restaurants, but it also has way navigation to help you find your way there. Uh, and you can even read recommendations, leave your own recommendations, even make a reservation, uh, call through to the restaurant. So if you're into your food, go places app for Optus customers. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fenwick. And last one for the for the episode, uh, Photoshop Touch for iPad. A very, uh, I mean, there's, there's been a bit of Photoshop available uh, on the iPad in different ways, shapes and forms, but this is a real first run into the, the, the proper Photoshop brand, if you like. Now, it's not the full suite. It's not, 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 it's not Photoshop but it is bringing some of those functionalities to the iPad. And, and I think this is a really good initiative, mate. I'm definitely going to grab this myself because there are some basic functionalities that I wouldn't mind having on the iPad. Absolutely, yeah. It's got all the core features of Photoshop. Now, anyone who uses Photoshop knows about the layering and yep. the different the different filters and effects you can put on your photographs. I've ha- I already downloaded the app and I love it. it. It's What I really like about it is that there's some really good tutorials. So the things that you're familiar with on the desktop, it shows you how to do them by right. touch on the tablet on the iPad 2 and great tutorials but interestingly we were discussing earlier that this only works on the iPad 2 because I think it needs that extra processing power. I think this is maybe the only only ones I've seen but this is the first one I've seen, first app I've ever seen that only works on the iPad 2 because up until now anyone says to you, should I keep 
you know, is it okay? I've only got an iPad one. You're like, yeah, everything works. But this is the first time they've they've absolutely hammered the the graphics and processor capability of the iPad two and said, look, it just won't work on the iPad one. So very interesting um, from Photoshop there. But look, I mate, what's it worth? It's ten dollars forty nine, and I just got to add that it's it's the first in a suite of Adobe Creative products mm. that are going to be released in two thousand and twelve. So ten forty nine, if you if you're really into Photoshop and want to work on your photos, no matter where you are, you can also upload upload these back to uh, like a, a cloud uh, Adobe Cloud account and then access it through your computer. So it does then work with the desktop version. Photoshop Touch for iPad. If you love your Photoshop or you're into your graphic manipulation, check it out in the App Store. Photoshop Touch for iPad. Thank you for listening. Thank you for downloading uh, once again. Thanks to the good people at Trend Micro and Netgear for their support. Mate, uh, two blokes talking tech, episode 53 in the can. Thank you very much, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. Thanks, Trevor. And I'm Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. We'll be talking to you again next week, episode 54. 